the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. We're sitting on the porch right here at Millburgers at 1604 on Bull Road looking over a beautiful, beautiful display of, uh, I guess, annuals. I see purslane, vinca. I'm putting my glasses on. That would help. Um... I'm trying to see what's in front of us. Purslane. Uh, yeah, get that mic. There we go. Uh, <laughs> well, we can't hear you. And zinnias. How's that? Is that better? Now? No, no, is that better? Turn it a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Now try. Milton likes to irritate me. On every uh, show. There's Roses over there. Where is that? Cosmos? Moss Roses. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Calvin, why are the purslane open? Huh? Why well, the purslane blooming right there? Why is it open right. or not open? Not open. Not open. It's uh, because uh, purslane is notorious <laughs> for uh, having a, uh, a limited bloom period every day. Yeah, I, uh, but they close. They close at night. Both, yeah. Yeah, but not during the day. Well, I don't know. Oh, actually, I've, I've in my articles, I generally say it's not unusual for you to. Go to work when they're closed and come home and they're closed already. Yeah, I noticed that too. The ones I have in the basket that I bought here, they're just they're all they're closed a lot. I think maybe I don't guess the heat has anything to do with it or not. Now some, no, no. Now some selections are uh, have a longer bloom period. In fact, they identify those, but uh, I think moss roses are generally more successful. Yeah, those, 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 being open, yeah. Those blooms will close like that if they've been watered. After oh, been watered. well, maybe that's it. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. I'm doing TV out at the San Antonio Botanical Garden. Oh, and they, no. They're closed, too, when they're dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and they... <laughs> They wanted to make everything look nice for the TV program. So they watered them. They watered about 30 minutes before we got there. And every bloom was closed. Oh, man. That had to be <laughs> Again, I guess you could them. plead that their res- blooms are in reserve for a, a special event. Yeah, yeah they right. don't do TV. Yeah. Yeah. 
They would have bloomed on the radio. Like, these are beautifully in bloom. Uh, yeah. They, no one can see them on the radio, Jerry. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see. 210-308-8867 is our number. The Vincas are looking good. Yeah, aren't they? Oh, and they're... And, uh... And I think there's some more zinnias, a different more zinnias over there, yeah. Oh, and these and these smaller, what's that selection of zinnia that's uh, yeah, Trace's favorite? uh, Not not good. Persuasion or something? Perfusion. Perfusion. Okay, I was close. Yeah. I had the shun and the pu right. Yeah, <laughs> Provision is a good a good choice. Uh, they're easier to take care of and they last a long time. And uh, butterflies like them just as well. And pretty a lot of good selection of uh, vinca. Yeah, vinca and pinta. <laughs> All right. So a lot of times we ask listeners to call us, and you know, with something, and we get tons of calls. So you want to call early. Um, when we ask you, so you what, what kind of reports do you want? <laughs> Did you want a Purple Martin report, or was that just in the article? No, that was, oh, I, yeah, it was just that. I I was thinking that it's a, a, a good topic for us. Uh, we have a lot, lots of our listeners uh, have uh, raise uh, have houses for Purple Martins, and then there's a lot of them. I, th- I suspect that are uh, want to improve. Add the numbers and be more successful and try different uh, technologies and everything. And then, uh, of course, we have uh, we have the neat conversations with Kyle, yeah, quite often, and Bill. Uh, and so I, I, I just wanted to, to encourage them if they they were wanted to explore some ideas that we would uh, uh, welcome their calls. Even Jerry uh, uh, kind of enjoys talking about the birds. Oh, yeah. goodness, doesn't he, though? Yeah, he gets kind of confused which are the desirable birds. <laughs> oh, don't throw down that gauntlet. Don't throw. Don't he will pick it up and run with those sparrows. I mean, we've got recipes and we've got. <laughs> yeah, we do not have recipes, don't we? Yeah, sparrows. Oh, boy, those lesser, lesser goldfinches are going nuts. The are sun. they? Cool. Well, the sunflowers are all maturing, so they're, oh. they're yeah. everywhere. And if you got water. In this heat, and and ju- it's been yeah. what uh, just a week since we've had rain or ten days, uh, but uh, they they are uh, and if you got a little uh, recirculating pump in there, or a solar powered one, or or just keep those uh, bird baths full, the uh, those lesser goldfinches are amazing to watch and observe too. Hey, we got Ray on the line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Hey, Ray, what you say? Hey, hey. Uh, <clears throat> hey, Jerry, this is uh, Ray over in Converse. Uh, right, right. Blue Bonnet uh, Ray. Photography man. Oh, hey, yeah. Go. Yeah. Um, I got a question <laughs> for you. I'm, you. You remember I've got uh, seven crepe myrtles um, yeah. here on in this the ground. Backyard, yeah. Yeah, backyard and front yard. Uh, I mean, they're, they're they're doing well. They're in between eight and twelve feet high. Uh, they're blooming. Um, I'm gonna have. Uh, you may I probably don't remember, but uh, I was talking to you about uh, they're gonna come out and regrade both the front backyard and the sides of my house because my drainage was good. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because of the water coming through there. Yeah, the water, uh, it's a long story, but 
basically okay. they're going to have to they're going to have to cut the grass out and oh uh, man yeah they're going to replant all the grass front back and sides and, and of course you know lay topsoil where they need to to get the grade proper so that the drainage is like it should be so Who, who's you know, paying for all that uh the builder yeah oh, okay yeah, I, I've only been complaining about this for three and a half years, honestly. Oh, and, okay. And so That's finally, right. yeah, finally <laughs> it looks like uh, you know they're they're going to do something about it. They were out here yesterday shooting the the levels of the ground and everything. Um, so so here's the problem: is with all these crepe myrtles, uh, you know, I asked uh, its advanced foundation is who is going to come out and do all the work. Um, and then they're experienced in doing this, but when it came to my question uh, about, okay, how are we gonna, how are you gonna handle the crepe myrtles? Um, his first thought was, you know, and I explained to him they're very shallow rooted trees, and they are. I mean, these, these roots are just barely under the soil, because um, all I've got out here is about three inches of topsoil, and then under that is, uh, you may remember, I've got that uh, limestone uh, right. yeah. material underneath there for about a foot of it. And so, for sure, these roots are very shallow rooted. Um, so, you know, what he thought, he said he's going to have to check into it, but what he thought was that maybe he could plant the sod on top of the grass here that way he wouldn't wouldn't try to cut the grass out that's here right now and you know of course cut into the roots because that's what would happen uh, and so my, my answer to that was that's probably not a good idea because from what i read you add soil to the to your root system you're cutting down on the oxygen uh, and it's not good for the trees in the long run. So, kind of between a rock and a hard place here. I'm I'm not sure how to handle this. He said he's going to have to check with his guys that are the pros at you know handling the plants and stuff like that. Um, I'll, what what do, you, what do you suggest? Um, I I think that of course you can't dig them now because they'll right. die in the hot weather and. Right. Uh, I think the idea of uh, putting, uh, not disturbing the uh, sod underneath the uh, crab myrtle uh, within three to three to four feet circle all the way around this established crab myrtle. I think that's going to be your best choice to save to save the to save the crab myrtle. Now, you want, what what kind of soil is out there? Is that a heavy soil on top of that? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, oh, it's yeah. not really soil. Kind of like kind of like what you said in the past. We don't have soil out here. We just got clay. Um, <laughs> so I mean, the the topsoil is about about three to maybe four inches in some areas, and it's it's good topsoil because it they they laid it down and then uh, they planted the grass on top of it. So. Yeah. Below that is like 12 inches or more of the uh, limestone base material, uh, which is like concrete. Um, <laughs> and then below that is is the native clay and rock that's out here. Yeah, uh, I, the, think, the I, th- I think the crepe myrtles are mighty forgiving. And yeah. uh, th- I think that's about your only choice of saving those crepe myrtles. Uh, no, what about a situation with uh, 
where they, I don't know, you know, depends on the characteristics of the yard, but what if, what if the grape myrtle and, and its grade ends up being in a dip, in a hole in that, uh, and then the drainage, it's no, there's no drain, I mean, it's, yeah. then, then right. that could be an issue. Well, but he's, right, had, exactly. he's had, had these grape myrtles for several years, yeah. and if they if they've been in a drainage air spot, uh, probably would have taken them out by now. Yeah, but I mean they're changing the whole drainage area. Yeah, so they're to, to they're, get the they're water put, out of there. Right, they get the the water. Yeah, to go e- either in or I mean out from everywhere. Yeah. So right. they're not going to, you're not. They're not going to be any movement of soil in specified areas that are going to get higher. It's not going to be more soil anyplace. Um, he's not Imagine sure how much how much topsoil he would put in until they cut the grass out, and he said they'd have to stake it out to try and figure out, you know, the where the topsoil needs to be put in order to the new grade. Uh, but where, where, where I'm having a, a problem is trying to figure out what to do around the crepe myrtles because he's saying, I'd be seeing, uh, you know, what if I just lay sod, you know, right on top of the existing grass here around the crepe myrtles, which would raise the soil level, you know, probably, what, two inches if you're considering yeah. the, the, the sod down, you know, the soil under the sod. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know that that's, you know, am, am I going to slowly kill my trees because they're not going to be getting the oxygen that they that they need um, by raising the soil level? Or I don't think so. Not not if it's just two inches, two to four inches is not going to be a. Yeah. But they're but they're looking good and they're uh, they grow well there now already. I take it. Yeah. Yeah, all except for one. It's uh, pink velour. It's in the lowest spot in the backyard. Uh, I mean, it's doing okay. I can't believe it. Usually it's got some standing water after a heavy rain, and then uh, once the water soaks in or drains out, it's doing fine. It's not showing any problems at all. So it it's getting its roots out there okay. It doesn't, doesn't have wet feet or anything like that. It's just not good to have that water, you know, for any period of time standing around the tree. So um, that's the only one that's that's really got, and it's close to the foundation house, you know, probably 15 feet from the house. Um, and so that's the only one where there's really standing water around the tree. But my, my issue with the drainage here is that half of the backyard holds water at the low spot near the foundation and my my swales on the side of the house aren't declined enough to drain out the water that's in the backyard and so that's why they've got to tilt the grade so that you know they, they get it running downhill uh, when they when the uh, original uh, landscapers were out here uh, not only did they not grade it well, but they planted the grass in the rain. It was raining while they were doing it, and they planted it in checkerboard. So there's the problem. Um, you know, had soil erosion, so back half of the yard, the highest spot in the back half of the yard, down towards the house, um, and so the backyard has gotten too flat. Yeah. You know, before I moved here, you know. 
Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's your only choice, what they're talking about. Uh, okay. Uh, it's put, put some more sod around the crepe myrtles, about three right. feet all the way around them. And uh, You're saying three it, feet from the drip line or three feet from the trunk? From the trunk. Trunk. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, but anyway, that that'll uh, they'll readjust to that. They have fibrous root system, so I don't right. think it'll kill them or anything. Okay. 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 Good. Thank you so Good much. Job. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling, Ray. Thank you, Ray. You take care. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Richard is on the line. Hi, Richard. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What's going on with you today? Yep. Richard, you still there? I think. Let's see. Okay. Should I ask him? Uh, no. Well, Richard, give us a call back. We'll take a break. And, Richard, you call us, and you'll be up first right after this. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road on 930 AM. The Answer. Take a second to talk to you about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. They've been doing this since 1976, and they are the experts in San Antonio when it comes to keeping your home or your business uh, pest-free. And that's what I like. Uh, they, Spider-Man does a lot of work with uh, commercial businesses who's, uh, you know, it's not just an inconvenience. It's, it's more a... It's it's serious. I mean, to keep their businesses open, they need to have great pest control. And uh, Spider-Man provides that, and they can provide it for you, too, for your home to get rid of those roaches, rats, uh, fleas, whatever's bugging you, mosquitoes. Check out the Into Care Mosquito Trapping System by going to GoSpiderManPest.com or call them and get the information uh, on it, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721. At Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control online at GoSpiderManPest.com, GoSpiderManPest.com. All right, 210-308-8867. Did you have a question, and do you want to come on the air with us? Oh, okay. All righty. He's Fred somebody. What's the question? Oh, did you? Uh, he, oh, uh, oh, okay. Those are the sparrows. Okay, well. Here, well, here. We're on the radio. We're, you know, we've already started. So, get on or not? Yeah, okay. Will you talk to Jerry for a second? 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. And toll free, it's 866-308-8867, the number to call to be a part of the show. All right. Oh, I wanted to see if you wanted to uh talk a little bit more about your fig situation we went to my uh, brother and sister-in-law's home their fig tree froze down froze in the you know in february with the big freeze so they cut it down and uh, no no they didn't cut it down they just cut off all the limbs but the uh it came back oh very nice i know that he <laughs> i'm to, wearing this to my do- next doctor's appointment oh okay Hey, the got Jerry a Cane's hat. told me to quit eating canes. I said, oh, hell no. Yeah. I'd rather die. Uh, Man. 
<laughs> well, we'll make sure that that, that uh, at the Addison is. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll put uh, it on him. And the funny thing about it, all the nurses when I came out of the doctor's office, they heard me screaming about Kate. Yeah, and they all said, "We love Kate too." Oh man! <laughs> so this is perfect. Uh, he, he brought me a Cane's hat. Yeah, that was nice. I thought it was an English sparrow hat. Uh, yeah, and no, because you said you were talking about the English sparrows. And yeah, so the sparrows. Yeah, this is great. All right, so we're getting we're talking figs. Huh? Uh, we were talking figs for a second because Calvin brought it up in the beginning. Oh, okay. And um, my, my he says the ones that came late, the green ones are uh, ripening a little. Yeah, yeah it all grew and, uh, after we. Had uh, talked about uh, how tra- traditionally you've got that that first wave and they they ripen and then you the other the second wave just stays green and never gets <clears throat> ripening and uh, the typical <laughs> pattern is that it uh, weather dries out yeah but this year <laughs> at least in, in crazy and Milton was pursuing this. Uh, They've started the, the that second wave is uh, ripening too. So yeah, the ones that came up from the ground look beautiful, and you know we were just walking out there, and they said, "But we don't think we're going to have figs this year if they come in August." They're, these are the, these are new, and then they looked at it, it's loaded with figs. <laughs> are they green or are they? They're green. Okay. They're, yeah, That'll they're all different sizes. Many most of them are pretty big, but they're green. Yeah, that may be a tr- that may be. A How challenge. long do they take to uh, get ungreen and ripe? It depends on the weather. Yeah. Oh. And the size of the pig. Oh, okay. And, and, and the variety, I guess. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what variety it is. I know. Uh, uh, but, are the uh, leaves deeply cut? Margins? In uh, other words. I'd have to get a picture. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> These look like a turkey foot. Yeah, I don't think that's it. Okay. But My. it's an old fig. The house is... Yeah. Twenty-something years old, more than that probably. And wow, twenty-something years old—that's not very. That's an old house. Yeah, in San Antonio. No, it's probably <laughs> older than that. It was probably. Uh, anyway, they—they've owned it for that long. Oh, and, okay. And the fig's always been there, so. And it came up from the ground, right? After the freeze, yeah. And uh, and it's got little figs on it now. It's got big figs, little figs, medium-sized I figs. I bet that's a brown turkey. Maybe so. There's only only two, a couple of figs. That can freeze to the ground and come back and produce a crop that same year. Oh, okay. Brown turkey is one with that turkey foot looking leaf. Yeah, well, I'll look for it. Well, yeah, and then uh, the one we used to sell. Uh, uh, I'll text him a lemon him. fig. I'll ask him to send me a picture of their fig. I have a question for Calvin. Okay. He had a wonderful article about Purple Martin. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how long do purple martins stay around? They come in February, right? Yeah, uh, they, it depends on mine. Generally, don't start nesting or settle in until like the first or second week of March. But okay. But you know, if you remember, our our listeners start reporting them in February this show, mm-hmm. and Kyle, Kyle, and. Uh, Bill at Well Birds, uh, they they start getting reports in February. Too. And so they leave in August, right? Well, they leave. They uh, the young in the they assemble 
in July, towards the end of July, and it's, it depends on, uh, that's, that's one of the interesting questions, is uh, in some cities, in some areas, <laughs> they, don't, they don't formally leave the area until August, but others are gone by the end of July. And here, that's that's part of the reason why I'd like to encourage uh, uh, some of some of our listeners, because uh, we we've got areas where the, the the birds are assembling. Yeah, you know, Mitchell Lake and places like that. So it'd be kind of cool to uh, to get a report when they've all gone or mm-hmm. they're all here assembling. So that's March. April, May, May, June, four, July. Yeah, four and a half months. I was just wondering how long sparrows stay around. You know, I was kind of thinking about that. Uh, Isn't that kind of like house guests, though? <laughs> Sometimes they just stay a short time. And they're That's beautiful it. and wonderful. But if they stay at your house all year, there you go. Would you feel the same way about them that they were wonderful and <laughs> yeah? Okay, wow. So if Jerry's welcoming you to his home, uh, yeah, brown sparrows. Well, if and if black the, roaches, if the cockroaches <laughs> make room, yeah. That's true. But. Anyway. Just, a, just a thought. Just a thought. Okay. Well, we're just focusing on. So, would you would you rather have something that stayed for four or five months? I think it depends. You? Life is about balance. You know, crepe myrtles, not crepe myrtles, but uh, <laughs> well, they also. But mountain laurels, I think, are better or are kind of more special because the bloom is only for a short period of time. That's just me. I know you said Milton. <laughs> Come on! That's what I was getting ready to say. If we could, if we could produce a mountain laurel that bloomed all year round, we'd sell millions of them. Greg and I would have done it by now. Yeah, but all right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. So you want purple martin reports? Do we want fig reports? That's fine. Yeah, okay. It's, it's in, interesting for sure. Yeah, so call us with your fig tree reports, and what do you want them to report on for the Purple Martins? Well, just... Uh, are they there? Uh, are they gone? Purple Martins is, yeah, that... There, are there any of any areas where the Martins are still in Central Texas area or San Antonio area? Do we have, like, a Purple Martin club where people, like, organize and track? Okay, scouts came in today, and they keep... To kind of find out where they well, are in town. Kind of, kind of, we kind of have a, a central, like uh, our, our friends at the Well Birds. Yeah. Yeah. They they uh, collect that kind of information. Okay. Oh, and the and the botanical garden. Oh, is, do they? It's a real, think real so. elaborate uh, purple martin housing situation. Yeah. But uh, and, and, and those so, things fill up every year. I mean, as you go over there and it can't. Talk for the squawking. Yeah, that's that's half, half the, <laughs> and they're always. I mean, that we talk about the four and a half months, and there's all kinds of different activities during that four and a half months. Mm-hmm. There's only part of the time where they'll go on the ground and they'll pick up yeah. nesting materials. Yeah, uh, they'll sometimes even go on the ground and get ants and. Sometimes and uh, people don't seem to bother them because the houses are that high over there. Yeah, and it's uh, and they're, you, they're right on top of your head. Yeah, they know. they seem not tame, but they don't seem to mind people. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like we 
We're, we're obligated. The Martins are saying we're obligated when, <laughs> when you're out there with a workman. Yeah. Uh, like when I was repairing my greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Martins say, don't mind us, but we're obligated to uh, let you know that we're <laughs> we're here, and they're buzzing you and yeah. making noise. And, uh, and you know, they uh, it's generally accepted that the the Martins are are more inclined to uh, fill up a house that's closer to the human habitat than yeah, they are further that's away. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's that. that I wish I could. I want to keep saying Alice. But I don't think that's it. I can't remember her name. She had a lot of problems with the, she didn't get Martins and her neighbor did. You remember that, her first yeah, name? Yeah. Well, that, that, of course, uh, one guess might be that her house yeah. is six foot out. You thought it was too low. Much too low. Okay. So this is their fig leaf. They sent me a picture. Can you tell from that picture? Yeah, that's it. That's a brown, brown turkey. turkey. Okay. Yes. You want to? Oh yeah. See the deeply cut. Yeah. Brown. Okay. Very cool. All right. Well, that, so, that deal of where it's producing figs from the they, ground. They said we could pick all the figs we wanted. Yeah, I bet. So <laughs> now we'll, on, we'll make some fig jelly, some on, sugar-free fig jelly. Wait <laughs> until the the birds. Wait till the birds start. The birds will tell us when they're ripe. Yeah, well, and you'll be able to tell because the the whole t- fig tree will be. In motion because of the, mo- <laughs> the mockingbirds and cardinals yeah. and the woodpeckers, even your Jerry's English sparrows will be in there <laughs> picking at them and pulling at them. And uh, uh, now, I'm telling you, as, as I mentioned earlier in the year, in that first crop, they, the, the birds were kind of keeping at least equal to me yeah. picking. Uh, now they now they seem like they're kind of sated. They're a little tired. <laughs> maybe maybe it's because the young have uh, left the nest yeah. and things. Now on uh, plantanswers.com, there's a process called olification. I think it's a, it's E O L. Oh, we got a purple martin report. I F I C A T I O N. M-O-U-S-E. And basically, you take a sw- cotton swab. Hang on, Annette. And put put uh, mineral oil on it. Uh huh. And dump uh, and touch it to the uh, base or the opening at the bottom of the fig. Mm-hmm. And that ripens the fig early. Oh, okay. So if you've got one of those situations where you, you got a lot milk of green be out there. Yeah, my about Q-tip. three, about three <laughs> fakes. Uh, yeah, man, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Annette is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, Annette. How are you doing today? Hi, Milton. This is Annette, not Alice, not Allison. <laughs> oh, Annette. Okay, how am I going to remember that? Okay, <laughs> I'll remember. Just, Sorry, just I know. I knew it was. I knew it began with an A. You're close. Just think of Punicello. Yeah. That's what that's what I tell everybody uh, over the age of about forty. Anybody under the age of forty has no idea Doesn't who know. I'm talking about. No. Okay. <laughs> Annette Punicello um, yeah, has got no uh, purple martins. No, yes. and I did not again this year. There, I live on the southeast side, kind of close to Phoenix, but. Um, they're uh, still kind of swarming around. They're gathering, um, and they're on the lines, and they're all singing, and they're they're in pairs for some reason. I counted uh, fourteen 
pairs. I don't know if they were actual pairs, but they were just grouped in twos, so it made it easy to count on the lines. But, no, again, I did not have any martins this year. I have lots and lots of sparrows. But that picture I sent you is... (laughs) <laughs> that picture I sent you is a little deceptive because the Martin house is actually about 12 to 14 foot off the ground. Um, yeah, it, it's not oh, okay. as close. But in my neighborhood, some people have them about four foot off the ground, right on the street, and it's full of Martins. So, it's yeah, I just have a, some kind of a dome shield over my house where they will not come to my Martin houses. <laughs> yeah, but at so least I have feet high enough. I have something. Um, well, what was that picture that we got? That was that. Yeah, like she said it might look be a little deceptive. It the it's deceptive because foot. that that fence that 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 kind of that uh, that lattice work. I'm I'm um, I'm five ten, and that's I think we built that eight foot tall, and then the Martin house is another four foot up from that so um you know so i got it high there's no obstructions around it but um we actually had to put my my mom lives with me and we actually had to put up that little shield that privacy little thing because the neighbor crossed the street uh <laughs> he's he's not a very nice person hmm. um you know thinking, what I mean. well i would just uh, are you sure those are martins that are on the wires right now is there any chance uh, within 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 the last few days? I haven't seen them in the last couple of days, but yes, but just within the last week, we've definitely been seeing them. Uh, okay, I've started to see the uh, swallows, uh, chimney swifts too, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them. They they're really pretty. Well, they're be, not. They're not be as interesting easy, to see if there's anybody else that's still seeing martins out there because I yeah. Just, I haven't and seen I'm, any I don't for know. 10 days. In the previous uh, years, I've called in that I have the monk parrots that come to my neighbors oh. uh, on the other side. The monk parrots that come to his old, old, old pear tree. And um, we we have flocks of parrots all around in this area. When I've gone to, like, off of South Cross and um, just different areas, as a matter of fact, on one very high um, cell tower, they they must nest up there because there were monk parrots all over the top of that thing when I I happened to go over there one day, um, and that's in the South Cross Goliad area. But but I still have the monk parrots um, coming in flocks over here, uh, so I'm assuming that the the pears are are getting riper overripe. Well, sorry, but they're eating fruit though. Par- yeah, yeah, parrots. yeah. Yeah, I've parrot, seen, uh, the, the wild I, I saw, I saw a couple of colonies when I was in Austin of the, yeah. the, parrot, yeah. the parrots and the parakeets. And, the, and they, they drive the martins away, right? They follow oh. martins. Oh, do they really? <laughs> they have, have uh, parties. Uh, wow. <laughs> Don't you remember? Who was it that was telling us about uh, that? Maybe, oh, uh, maybe that was Audrey. No, it was Joe. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, well, that that's good. Thank you for the report. Now, let's see. We'll All right, see we need to help you, though. We need to help in that. Well, it's, it's a pretty no, good we're going to do this. So it's a- <laughs> have, you, have you called Kyle over there at Wild Birds? I'll, I'll, if you want, I'll tell him to to anticipate your call. No, you well, call yeah, I, will. I actually want to go over there, but that's, like, on the other side of the world from where I live. 
Yeah, but, I know. Um, I definitely, I love going in that store. It's it's amazing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, so good. They're such good people. But yeah. I just need to make it over there. But but I I have until February again to try and get something going. So, <laughs> but yes, I definitely will go there, and I'll try again. I'll never give up. Okay, we can we can try to get Kyle on the line and see if we can conference it. Do a to a session oh, with Kyle no, no. on the air. That's, that's <laughs> way too technical. But no, I, I, okay. I would much rather go to their store because I love love their store. And yeah. I'm actually going to put in. Do they they do water? Do they do any kind of water feature bird baths kind of things? Any what water um, feature? I want to put I want to put in a, a shishi or doshi water feature. Um, oh, wow. And I don't know where I don't know where to start looking but uh, i'm going to build it well, myself I think Mil- yeah, yeah millburgers has a ask them but millburgers has yeah they have that too and they have certainly have if they don't do it they certainly have the names of people that do it oh awesome awesome okay thank you so much and i i amber, to we, every weekend amber i am so sorry i messed up your name before <laughs> okay, Melvin. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Thanks, Annette. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks. All right. Did you want to be on the air? Okay. Then we're going to, I think it's time for us to take a break. It is. So we'll take a break, and you can, I don't know what's in there. It looks scary. All right. 210-308. She's laughing, so I don't know. It's scary. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 a.m. The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867 is our number. It was so nice to uh, have Annette uh, say those nice things about Wild Birds Unlimited. That particular location that she was talking about with Kyle and the gang is Northwest Military and Hebner Road, and she's absolutely right. They are very nice people with lots of great ideas uh, and lots of uh, things to make you. Uh, to, they, they solve problems. I am willing to bet that they can figure out what the scoop is and why uh, Annette is having those problems with her Purple Martin. So uh, what's your problem? Is your problem that you you don't have birds right now, but you want to? You want to attract wildlife to your yard uh, and you just don't know where to start? Wild Birds Unlimited is perfect for that. Is your problem that you've been trying for a while? You're okay. Uh, and you haven't had success. Wild Birds Unlimited is perfect for that. Is your problem that you're, uh, you, maybe it's a, something that you're feeding them is also attracting the things that you don't want. Uh, Wild Birds Unlimited is perfect for that. Wild Birds Unlimited, Kyle, Bill, the whole gang over there at Northwest Military and Hebner Road. You can call them at 479-BIRD, 479-BIRD. That's for Wild Birds Unlimited, Northwest Military and Hebner Road. So we're going to solve Annette's problem. Uh, we're going to figure this out. We got... We, we, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> we're going to figure this out. We're going to try. By golly, how's that? Can I commit you to trying? Well, yeah, we have to. We'll have to a- answer some uh, questions. Some, uh, you know, like, like the. Uh, oh, 
It's um, unusual I, for the birds <laughs> to still be on the wires. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the yeah. other other gardeners will call for the martins to still on the wires. Okay, yeah, and uh, they're mocking poor Annette. <laughs> uh, and uh, if it would help if that person could bring a dead one in. You know, shoot it off the wire and bring it in so we oh, could tell no. if it was a marten or a swallow. I think you can tell the difference. Can you, can, well, is there, what? Is there a difference in the appearance of purple marten? Oh, and hell yes. Okay. Well, they, they are if, they're, if you're used to them. Oh, okay. But, you you know... If you got, uh, well, if you got both of them on the wires, it's pretty uh, good. Yeah, okay. they, they fly similar. Okay, we're gonna. I, I'm gonna try, Annette. How's that? I won't commit anybody else, and you don't have to bring me anything dead. <laughs> <laughs> what about picture? Uh, what, uh, I don't want pictures of dead picture? birds. <laughs> uh, she did send me a different picture, where it's it's more obvious how tall it is, because that that picture is deceptive. Yeah, it looks to me like it's yeah. six foot off the ground. Yeah, it looked like it was very. Um, yeah, it, it didn't look. It looked like it was fence high. Yeah, so, okay, send me a better picture, Annette, that's been clear. All right, so do we you want to... We could still identify the body. No, uh, don't send us dead birds or dead bird pictures. <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867. You see what I have to go through? One if terrible, you can eat it? swallows. One if there's recipes for swallows. I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> have we helped her? I don't have... No, or uh, we, or she's waiting for, for you to... Help her with the technology of getting this photo to you. Oh, okay. Let's. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, y'all talk for a minute, and I'll see if I can. Okay. Help. I was looking at Calvin this week in the garden, and he said, "If your new gold antenna has quit blooming, and the foliage turned gray, it's got little specks on it, doesn't it?" And underneath, doesn't it have the little black spots? Yeah, the black, uh, not, they, they, Fecal they, don't, they don't look like they're alive. They're just uh, a remnants of uh, the That's in, insects. on the bottom of the leaf. Remnants of the, of the insects <laughs> that used to be there. Listen, Andy. Remnants. It's poop building. <laughs> remnants are just fine. <laughs> To speed the recovery of this, if you are affected by lace bugs, to speed the recovery, trim foliage with a string mower to stimulate new growth. That's good. And you might want to, if of course we've had plenty of water, but uh, after you trim it back, you want to make sure it stays moist. And you might throw a little fertilizer on it if you got it. And I don't, I don't think it's as bad this year as it has been. Yeah, we haven't had many. Uh, and that new gold antenna has been b- blooming its brains out. You remember? Well, there it is over there in in Gallon. And uh, when I first saw it, I said, I said, Trace, is that new gold? You know, is that a new variety? It's full of blooms. It's got more blooms than leaves on it. And he said, that's new gold. So, uh, it's, it, new gold antenna is like uh, Gold Star Esperanza. If it's not blooming, there's something wrong with it. Well, unless it's been, a, unless it's got the gray leaves and the little specks on there. Yeah. 
and no blooms from the so when you lace see, spokes. When you have no bloom, no look closely at the leaves. Uh-oh. You were telling her where she could take it? There was a place she could take it to? Um, well, if she wants to. Are we suggesting it, here in nursery like Mary or something? Or? Oh, no. I do. Well, I don't. I don't think Mary would know. But if anybody would know here at the nursery, she she might. No, I was thinking of Molly Keck, who is yeah. the entomologist at the. But can she bring it to Molly? Oh, sure. Oh, if you can find her, Molly yeah. gives a lot of presentations. Yeah, so you'd have to. Well, you can it. give it to the secretary, or the person that answers the phone at the door. Yeah, as you walk in. The yeah, door. let's let's see are if they, I get are the it. The office yeah. is open now. With the COVID. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now you realize that's they're not doing any harm, right? They're just bothering you because you don't know what they are, right? Oh, okay. But they're not hurting. They're they're not hurting the concrete or anything else that they're on. Well, we're looking for Mary. Do you see? <laughs> I don't see Mary, but I I see uh, another person who's I don't. don't she probably wouldn't know the. Oh, yeah, Mary is quite contrary. And Peter's running around. Peter might know, or if Trace were running around. Mary is quite contrary, uh, and she missed. No, stop. Uh, yeah, yeah. The woman. Oh in yeah, the, and the, the teal, and the teal, teal or the light green. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she would. She might know too. And Try I'm, that, and if I, I'll probably get the email in a little while. All right, we'll see what happens. See if yeah, grab her and. Uh, and then see if she knows it. If not, see if she knows where Mary is. Mary. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Sorry about that. People worry about things. Yeah. That's okay. That she they have know. in their yard. Yeah. She's got snowy, cottony yeah. little things. All right. She's not hurting a thing. What were we? Uh, <laughs> well. I interrupted you guys. What were y'all talking about? What were we talking? Oh, we were, we were talking Talk about, about New Gold Lantana. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and the uh, lace books. But lace book. We expected. We thought that there would be the normal action, you know, and there'd be the blooms would be wiped out from the lace books. But we're not seeing nearly as much as yeah. as we would, would expect in a normal <laughs> year, where the where we have lack of rain this time of the year. They've really been pretty this year. The lantana, new gold lantana. And my butterfly is back, y'all. All right. Oh, in the same place. <laughs> oh, the one from last week is still over there? Yeah, I oh. guess it's one. It looks like a monarch. It's the same guy. Yeah, or gal. <laughs> and it's on the... Uh, We've seen a red, lot of butterflies red, today. Uh, Miss Flower. I was kind of looking... Uh, I know Trace mentioned that we, at some point this week, we thought we'd get a... We might I might have a chance of getting a delivery of uh, of uh, nectar sources mm. and more porter weeds and things like that. Well, but that one's on that one's on the porter weed on the uh, 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 milkweed. milkweed. Milkweed, yeah. And it keeps coming back to those two those. flowers that are blooming on top. So but I, it, I guess he's doing. But what's in front of the milkweed? Is that the Greggs? No, the Greg's deal is between those two trees. Over yeah, there. it kind of uh, flits over there too. Yeah, see the butter, little little butterfly over there. Yeah, but anyway, they're two good uh, good plants. 
Uh, but I think, is, is are we getting sort of a migration or anything? Because I think I've oh, seen we're in today. The, yeah, we're in the migration. I've seen more butterflies here at the nursery today than we have in a while. No. Of course, the migration of the monarchs is, is from a little piece of forest in the, near Mexico City all the way up through San Antonio, and, and then they just spread oh. out all, all across North America, basically, and into Canada... You know, from Minnesota over to New England, uh, and then they they gradually come back through there. Yeah, and it's no it's no wonder that their population is threatened because if there's bad weather, yeah, they, oh yeah, and then if there's a lack of milkweed uh, or the blooming, the timing is wrong on blooming or anything, then there's a a lot less uh, uh, reproductive. Uh, Potential there, so that's that's why there's so many of us trying to uh, help with uh, with the the monarchs, and uh, you know have have more milkweed available, have nectar, and learn learn a lot about them. Because those damn martins eat them. Yeah, I'm afraid they eat some. Yeah. Mm, the sparrows <laughs> eat them. Listen, did you oh, hear the way okay. Calvin's voice kind of faded out there? Didn't it? You take the good with the bad, you know. There you go. But All right. the good news is, well, Jerry, I, I guess you, I could have argued that not very many because uh, they're, uh, the, Martin, the monarchs come through, at least in our area, oh, kinda after, after the martins have yeah. gone. Yeah. But they do, the martins do eat butterflies yeah. and eat dragonflies. And sparrows don't. Really. Dragonflies, too. I've seen them eat dragonflies. That's, that's, I, and I've seen them with butterflies. I, I, <laughs> watching them eat a dragonfly was just amazing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and most, uh, most of uh, the insects they catch are very high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't. In, they don't the sky. It was weird. I don't know how the, if this is normal, but the one I saw, like I said before, it kind of popped it. In the air, and then so it didn't like, didn't like get it in midair and then kind of eat it. It hit it, and just kind of, and then the, the dragonfly was kind of circling down to the ground like you know the that hit. sparrow. What's that? <laughs> and then and then it flew back down and caught it again. Well, I kind of I think Jerry kind of mentioned that they're they're into games. Really? Oh yeah. If you got you they're know if you, go out, if you go out and we're mowing the lawn or you're Working in the garden, uh, you know they they're swooping around you and making noise and and uh, it's it's like uh, look how close I can get to this guy's yeah, okay. Kane's hat without. Uh, oh man, uh, don't can, do that, Martins. And do not uh, get near Jerry's Kane's I, hat. I train I train those Martins with a tennis racket. Yeah, just stay away from the hat. <laughs> He's very proud of the hat. Alright, 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 Sorry. I right. haven't got a good mention in here that sometimes we overlook or don't say enough, but people will be plant, replanting or planting this fall because fall is for planting. That's what they say. But <laughs> When you do that, deer will often taste new plantings, even if the plants are considered to be deer-proof. Oh, that was that, kind of the problem we talked good, about earlier. That's a very good point. Uh, Forrest Appleton, in his deer write-up on plantanswers.com, uh, says that you ought to protect them with a spray 
Yeah, he's more well, conservative than I am. He says three months. Three, yeah, I, I talk about... I've, six months? <laughs> no, I talk about three weeks. or Now I'm six, talking six weeks. <laughs> You're now, moving it up, huh? Yeah. But uh, anyway, and uh, let's see, I can't ever remember the one. Tracy's got some new ones here in Melbourne, but the one we've been recommending for several years and tested uh, over Forest Place and uh, in Hollywood Park is uh, Liquid Fence. Mm-hmm. I've had good luck with it. Oh, yeah. We we haven't had a failure with it. Yeah. It's uh, what, we're ta- what we're talking about is that the deer are curious and they... <laughs> They, uh, it's hard for them to believe that the that the new plants you put in your landscape aren't really So they're going to test it, or they might be just. I think some of them are just ornery. No, okay, well, we call it a curiosity. Definitely. Wow. Hey, we got to take a quick break. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on nine thirty a.m. This is the answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Our phone number is 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. We have not heard from Johnson City Joe. He's been quiet. That's good. whole week. That's good. Okay, Joe. <laughs> let, let us know you're okay. I, th- I thought we put that call. Uh, oh, okay. No, Anyway. Yes, sir. Get back to the deer. Oh, dear. Uh, the problem with the uh, spray on uh, deer repellent mm-hmm. is that uh, it kind of, I guess it washes off in the yeah, you've heavy rains that we've been having. But now that it's heated up and everything, uh, you can use it again. And uh, either you remember uh, Trace's new deer proof stuff. I think they've got a, a deer repellent that doesn't sm- smell as offensive. As yeah, I don't know if he told us the name of it, did he? He did. We'll ask but him I tomorrow. I didn't write it down. And he got one with a funny name on it. Now, we haven't tested those. We haven't tested those, but we have liquid fence a lot. Yeah, and, and uh be careful too. Uh, you know we've got deer-proof lists, and then we talk about uh, products like Liquid Fence and these other two things. We can't think of the, the names. Uh, and uh, it's important how you put it on and the timing and things like that. You might you don't you want to be careful not to draw conclusions as to its effectiveness or ineffectiveness with without following the. Instructions and uh, to get a, you know, it doesn't do. do you, Jerry mentioned the rain. It doesn't do you any good to put it on and have it rain the next day, and then, then uh, uh, two days later the deer eat it, and you say, oh, it didn't, it didn't work, and it's not deer proof after all. Yeah, this works. 
uh, we, we've also tried a, uh, a spray, that uh, scarecrow, they call it. Yeah. Uh, and we tried that, and uh, that's when Forrest Appleton put some uh, on his, put a, a unit next to the sidewalk leading to his front door. And it worked to get rid of the deer and any visitors that wanted to come in the house. Well, you said eventually the deer were coming over there with <laughs> towels and soap and uh, just enjoying the nice shower they could get and keep clean. So then Forrest put it out by the road. Yeah. He was washing oh, all cars. cars coming oh. by. <laughs> Poor Forrest. And the problem with that uh, uh, deer vent, uh, that spray, is that uh, you have to leave it hooked up to the hose. Yeah, to spray the water. So they have constant pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not. It's, it's uh, requires maintenance and attention. I've I've tried it for this was years ago too. And, <laughs> but you're right. If in, in my neighborhood, if if somebody was walking them and their kids <laughs> or Ooh, their that'd dogs, be fun. Yeah, then, <laughs> Did you put it out there just to wet the kids down and no, old, but what, older people? But, but just you mentioned you hook it on to the. If you don't uh, have it firmly placed, yeah, it has a little tendency to sh- oh, it has Move, to shift huh? a little uh, bit. And it, <laughs> that's yeah. when it wet the kids and old people oh. in Calvin neighborhood. But anyway, some of them how to make friends in your neighborhood. If they've been if they've been walking for a long ways, they may have pre- yeah, appreciate they a little it. Uh, water spray. Well, I, I had a neighbor that just just uh, a few months ago that tried it. Uh, and uh, I was out walking the dogs, and then I I heard the I hadn't seen it, but I heard the spray coming out, uh, and, and even the dogs knew what it was, and they were looking for where is that spray? I, I found that thing. I discovered that thing out at uh, Water Garden Gems because that's about the only thing that'll keep those uh, fish-eating birds. From coming and eating all your oh. koi and and uh, uh, goldfish and everything else, so they put it up there. And I was sitting over there talking to the owner, and uh, <laughs> I was reading the instructions on this scarecrow. I never heard of it, and it listed deer. I said, "You mean this thing'll keep deer away?" He said, "Yeah," and it did till it. For a little while, it had problems. Yeah. Oh, it had. I thought. I kind. Did you sort of tell say that it, they kind of get used to it or no? No. Cause okay. It, they always it, get scared. It it goes on a. It's it doesn't. It's not a constant spray. It goes and then stops. Okay. And then in a little while, I'll get the time. Well, they get used to it in that they know where it sp- sprays at. Oh, so they, le- so they learn? Yeah. And they go, <laughs> I've seen them go around it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're pretty pretty bright. <laughs> These deer are going to take over the world. Uh, We're going to be at their mercy. <laughs> Our deer uh, overlords. This, uh, yes? Calvin also says. Okay, I can't, I can't, can't quite hear you. Huh? There we go. Uh, get away from me. Uh, what does Calvin say? <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. To stimulate the production of new okra pods, 
suitable for cooking and removing old, keep removing older pots. A few mature pods can be saved to supply the seed for next year's plant. Now, uh, we always get people that have planted okra. I don't know if it happened this year because of all the rains and things late. But uh, they plant okra and they start eating it till they've had too much. (laughs) And then... Uh, it kind of slows down in the production. Uh, so people want to, this is time to plant fall crops, but you can't plant okra from seed and expect it to ever produce this fall. But what you can do is cut your spring-planted broccoli in half. Yep. Uh, okra. 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 Okra, yeah. And... Uh, let it re-sprout, and it'll have pods again on those older plants. Well, And, you know, and you've shortened it a little bit. You'll be happy to know that uh, Beck's... Beck's big. Beck's big is, even if it's only six feet tall, produces. Hmm. Yeah, and so if it's in a situation where it's stressed a bit and doesn't get quite as much water as it would like... <laughs> That uh, kind of controls. I won't mind to be 14 feet high, Captain Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I was disappointed. I don't think the Beck's big in Alabama is gonna gonna make it. What's that? Is, is it producing though? Isn't it? No, I don't know. It's just kind of sitting there. I think ah. she was disappointed in it. Uh oh. Is it in an old garden spot? An old garden spot? Yeah, it's been uh, been in garden for several years. Usually you don't have to even fertilize it. Yeah, I don't think so. She's well, if it I is, think she is fertilizing it. It is, and they're staying small. That's uh, nematodes. Oh, okay. if anything in your garden is going to have nematodes, okra's first one. Oh, wow. Okay, and I'll... it stunts the growth. Huh. Uh, maybe we made a mistake in telling her that she. Every time she got near that old yeah, brush, she, was, she had to carry really, a machete with her. Yeah, <laughs> we really kind of promised big on that one. I will uh, find out. Did she, did she have any uh, of uh, our Oscar okra? Yeah, and I think that there was one that kind of that was doing well. but Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. It didn't work out. The Malabar spinach is doing great. <laughs> but nobody's eating it. Uh, <laughs> no, for, for both of us, yeah, I don't think. Just I she it. wanted recipes too. I'm just, I'm just enjoying watching it climb. That's great. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna text her now and find Gosh, out how it just is. Just think how much he would like coral vine. Yeah. I mean, you can there, you can Have cut it, and then two <laughs> days later, it'll be over the house again. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, uh-huh. uh, that's uh, what you can do with your okra if it's doing well. Now, if it's not doing well. And uh, staying small, mm-hmm. and the pods get uh, tough quickly. Uh, pull o- pull up the most affected plants, and uh, look at the roots. The roots should be smooth and white. Okay. If they're brown, rotted, uh, and got and may have knots on them. If, they, if it's really bad nematode infection, infestation, I guess, uh, they will actually make the knots fall off. 
the egg, knots are egg-laying masses. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, but if the nematodes are in good supply or <laughs> a surplus of nematodes, you won't have the knots. Especially when you pull them up, the knots will come off. But if that okra is staying small this year because of all the rain and everything, chances are you've got nematodes. Well, Well, unless it's growing in the midst of amaranth or pigweed. I mean, okra is pretty tough and pretty competitive. But uh, amaranth is uh, in the same league. Mm -hmm. So those compete pretty well. Yeah. Uh, All right, two one zero, and you thought that's what that was—the that picture I sent you. Yes. Okay, cool. That was funny that we're just—we were talking about it the very same day. About, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that—that that, I never seen. You notice big weed or amaranth like it is this year. You notice how much seed it had? All yeah. that, all those seed pot. and uh, millions. Yeah. And t- talk about you know the. It was growing amongst the uh, f- uh, figs, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The lesser goldfinches like the oh, sunflowers, do they really? but they love the amaranth, too. Oh, uh-huh. so they should go look out. They should watch the first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, it depends on if uh, how long. I, I, I'm curious about, I think it takes several years for the, the lesser goldfinch populations to get used to pigweed being, being a identifying a landscape as being productive for them like yeah like uh sunflowers you know mm-hmm. like at Mitchell Lake they're out there in the sun in the sunflowers or and a lot of our gardeners that grow sun, grow sunflowers they'll they'll have lesser goldfinches every year but uh, it's not automatic that they're going to be there just like our purple martins I yeah guess. Oh, okay there's Jerry's uh monarch yeah, and it was just over there on the uh, yeah. where we saw it kind of flew over there to get a uh-huh. a little uh, change of scenery. It'll come back though. They I get think. on the same flowers. I wonder. Yeah, uh, yeah I wonder. We're more. We have more uh, uh, visiting from uh, monarchs here at the nursery than we do queen butterflies, and that seems strange to me because. Huh? Um, most, we have queens early, right? No, they're they're everywhere in the landscape now. Oh, okay. If you got, you know, like in my neighborhood, anybody that's got porterweed or any of the uh, milkweeds or anything is just loaded. Mistflower is loaded with more, more queen, many more queens than uh, yeah. monarchs. But here at the nursery, the monarchs are are seem to be the dominant yeah. mm-hmm. butterfly. <laughs> Maybe they run the other ones off. They're bigger than they're them. mean. Scare them. That one's Scare coming right at us. Uh, maybe there's some secret <laughs> purple martins here eating them. That one heard us talking about it. Yeah. Wanted to be on the radio. That's my favorite herb out there. You know, I'm saying ugly. I usually say ugly things about herbs. See that blue blooming, or yeah, light blue blooming thing. That's Mexican oregano. Oh, that's pretty. And so you eat that? Yeah, that's an herb. Yeah, I know, but do you eat it? Huh? You don't eat it, do you? He keeps, you know, uh, he keeps stalling on your question. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> I got these earphones. Though. Yeah, I can't hear you. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, he bases his opinion and on 
I don't know. Hearsay, I guess. He, <laughs> I think he bases very, it very few on the bloom. It's used in a lot of Mexican cooking. Okay. But you use very little bit of it. And I mean, it's strong. Now, that's But what I like about it is that bloom right there. And the deer don't eat it. Deer don't eat it. And, uh, and that it, a lot of people use it around the mailbox. In my yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Is it the one in front of the tree, or is that the wrong one? But that also is... Uh, is, uh, it kind of requires some cleaning up a little bit. There you go. That's what. Oregano. That's not a Texas superstar, Melvin. No, even though I like it a lot. And the reason is it never in contention. It has never been a Texas superstar. It's drought tolerant. It blooms in the heat. Uh, on and on and on about the good part of it. The problem with it is it. Main, it holds its dead blooms, and uh, oh. they don't fall off like firebush do. Okay. Or bougainvillea. Yeah, yeah. But uh, some of our listeners are garden people. A guy called. You think in, some of them are? <laughs> and uh, I was talking about Mexican oregano one time. And he says what he does to get those old blooms off after they go through their bloom cycle is take a lawn rake and uh, rake the bush. Okay, and then everything pops up except yeah. for the bloom. Yeah. The spent bloom. Huh, that's That's a, that same rake we use for um, a bed straw, huh? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you got bought the rake for the bed straw, so you might as well use it on the making oregano. But that's a hard plant to beat as far as bloom is concerned. You know, like, and it's one we have a little t- t- tendency to forget sometimes, uh, yeah. too. What, what caused my attention to it is every now and then you'll see one blooming its brains out on a vacant lot. I mean, it's tough. It, it's going to bloom. wants to bloom. Uh, and the hummingbirds like it. And uh, it's tubular flower, so... Just the hummingbirds and maybe even the butterflies and bees like it. The bees, for sure. Right? But it's just got that problem of being dirty, Milton. It's a dirty, yeah. dirty bloomer. Oh, that doesn't seem fair. Uh, yeah. That seems kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. I guess a cluttered bloomer. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, there must be a better word. Yeah. And he says... <laughs> Uh, his last one is control the sprouts originating at the base of mature live oak trees with a lawnmower. Uh, they, they, those sprouts, a lot of people fuss about them. They can't be dug because they're attached to the main tree. They can't be sprayed because they're attached to the main tree. So you just mow them. And yeah. they look just like... What, you mean you can't pull them out? Well, no. You can try that. <laughs> Anybody that's tried that, two or three full-outs... And, and the ba- but uh, get some good bandages. Yeah. But uh, uh, they're, they're drought-tolerant milk. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, I think they're deer-resistant. Oh, you think? Deer won't eat them. And, uh, I wonder. No, they won't eat them. And they, uh, they're all live oaks. Yeah, but they'll eat uh, live oak uh, seedlings. 
Yeah, well, I guess most people are happy if they do eat them. Yeah, they eat live oak uh, <laughs> sprouts. Yeah, yeah, young young trees. Yeah. But, uh, of course, mine, mine are all inside a fence. So. When we were in a drought, I can remember that we were in a drought one time. I had a bunch of them come up right in the middle of my front yard. And so I started mowing them. And through the drought, that was the greenest thing in my front yard. They looked just like grass. Hmm. So, so they, hadn't, they hadn't come up until the till the drought? Uh, no, uh, no, they've, they've always been there. Oh. But... Uh, <laughs> I was like I was doing like everybody else, trying to figure out what to do with them, and all I had to do is mow them. And if you've got, uh, if you want to put a ground cover in there, the leaves tops looks just like Asian jasmine. So you can put, if you want to have a ground cover that you think is prettier than the sprouts mowed, then you just plant Asian jasmine amongst them. Okay. I I got get a kick out out of it because uh, some people that that's an issue they their their issue is well these these uh, suckers or seedlings they just I keep mowing them they just keep coming back yeah Man, meanwhile they're standing right next to a live oak tree <laughs> that is the parent that is about three feet or four feet in diameter. Yeah. And you say, well, it's got quite a bit of support. <laughs> and what what makes you crazy is that it, it's not around all trees. All oh. oak trees don't have them. All live oaks don't have them. And even, even in my yard, I've got uh, maybe two oak trees that have sprouts. And I have some other bigger ones that don't have sprouts in the same yard. 15 feet away. So uh, I, nobody knows what causes a, a tree to have sprouts. So uh, anyway, but I just mow them and, don't, and forget them. Uh, they're, not, they're tough to go out there and barefooted, Milton. I bet. You well, know, it's, they, like, it's like uh, it's torture. Uh, you know, that they're... they're Kind of low on the list, though, compared to fire ants and oh, sa- yeah. and sandburrs. <laughs> All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We are going to take a quick break and come right back. Uh, give us a call. What's going on in your gardening world? How can we help you? Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, I'm Milton Glick, and this is nine thirty a.m. The Answer. Everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Big John. Big John. Big Bad John. Big John. Nobody seemed to know where John called home. He just drifted into town and stayed all alone. He didn't say much. He kind of quiet and shy. And if you spoke at all, he just said hi to Big John. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. The number to call to, to be a part of the show. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Neil Spear got a question in said, uh, 
The question is, a, a friend gave me blue bonnet seeds this past spring and told me to plant them in early fall. That's you got a good friend there. So they could come up in October. They are already starting to grow, as you can see in my photo. <laughs> is it too early to plant this in the garden, or should I leave it in the pot? Uh, plant them. I, I guess you planted them in the pot, the seed. And if you give the blue bonnet seed, dormant seed, and uh, put them in a pot and keep them moist, they mm. will sprout okay. at this time of the year. Oh, okay. That's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little early for them to sprout, uh, especially to thrive in the hot garden soil. Uh, the so uh, so and also there is a genetic uh, ability of some seed, some blue bonnet seed, to sprout early, and also to bloom early, much earlier than the uh, the ones in the wild. So Neil said, uh, go ahead and plant it right away. You want to trim away the weeds growing alongside it. You probably have several other blue body plants that are growing to develop as well. They will be fine. Plant them in the bed where they'll have ample room and full sunlight. So I guess people are already looking for the blue bonnets. Now, <laughs> with all the rains we had, because we've got to have rain at the time the seeds sprout, which is after the soil temperature uh, cool. But I got another tip that's <laughs> that it's blue bonnet. It's time to start thinking about blue bonnet. Yeah. Because I got this announcement from Wild Seed Farms in my newsletter. And uh, it says fall planting is just around the corner. Our stock up for spring. Order your wildflowers today. And uh, then the really exciting part is, mm -hmm. is that uh, John Thomas himself is going to do a fall planting days kickoff uh, on, and presenting his How to Plant Wildflowers free seminar, two to four daily. Let's see, when does it start? September 10th through 12th. And uh, it's going to be every day, 10 through 12th, uh, 2 to 4 p.m. daily. That's three days. Huh? That's three days. Yeah, yeah. It says daily. <laughs> I guess daily in the three days. Yeah. Huh? And uh, so they've got uh, pumpkins and monarchs celebration up there uh if you want to call them let's see where's the number <laughs> uh but you can just call the wildflower wildflower uh farms and fred i think they're on a got a fredericksburg <clears throat> they're on highway 290 east now so, to uh, that to that form um you know last year was pretty tough on blue bottles mm -hmm. uh, and uh, luckily, Dr. Larry Stein, uh, favorite son of Castoria, uh, 
did all the planting of all the colors for me and uh, harvested all the seed, weeded them during the growing period, and harvested them by hand, which we all always do. And so he's got some seed of red, white, and blue. So uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do the red. Uh, it's time for us to get the seed to John or to uh, our grower of transplant, uh, so he can grow some transplants for us this year of red and blue ladybird oh, okay. royal blue. You know why we're not doing the white? Hmm. Nobody bought the white. No, but that means they can't do the no, Texas flag. No, and I like the white. No, don't let it go away. <laughs> Just do a couple of them. There's, no. There are people out there that bought them. No. Oh, you don't care about them. The, the people that bought them? Yeah. How many called in for pictures of their flag or... They're planting. Well, that doesn't mean they... they Do you just, remember how they, many they called in? Doesn't matter. Maybe they just didn't want to take pictures. Do you remember who called in? How many called in? Uh, four or five, at least. No. Zero. Three, maybe. Even Bart didn't call in this year. No. Well, Bart, Bart, didn't have, yeah, Bart didn't have good luck with his... This year, the year before he did. But yeah, uh, right. I got pictures of his yeah. year before. Yeah, you can bet that he... Uh, if he failed, there were, there was <laughs> was probably things related was to it rain? weather and yeah. yeah yeah it rained because uh, Doctor Stein uh, was harvesting the seed and and had to leave some in the field in uh, shade cloth which would, he thought would drain but didn't we had heavy rains uh-huh. well but, I know uh, our bird- rotted a lot of the seed. Our breakfast group talks about it. They talked about the red, white, and blue, and uh, uh, red, uh, and yeah. uh, but this year, of course, the conversation didn't go very far. Uh, <laughs> so, if you get seeds, you don't have to worry about the scarification. Is that right? They've already been. Isn't scarification? We're going to do plants. Oh no, I know, but. You were, I think, you like you were talking about Wild Seed Farms. Yeah, they've they, lost, they they've lost all their colors. Oh my gosh! Except for the regular blue bonnets. Well, that's okay. Those are nice. Yeah. Well, the reason I was asking, because <laughs> um, I read something about scarification that I've never heard us talk about. Oh. So you've talked. You about, read something? Uh huh. Who was it by? I don't know. Quit it. Some guy on the internet. Oh, quit it. Fred. Uh-huh. I think it was by Fred on the internet. Was it by the wildflower lady? No, no. Actually, what? no. Uh-uh. Don't lie to me. No, no, it wasn't. I could see it in No, your that eye. was not where it was from. Okay. But they weren't talking about blue bonnet seeds. Y'all had asked about, oh, there was some seed that we were talking about last week, and, uh, and you said they had to be scarified, you thought, or something. Oh, what was it? And, you know, I know when my, when Mark Peterson was here, we were talking a lot about uh, oh that uh, blue oh blue curl. Oh, okay. Oh. But that that didn't that, take any. No, that yeah. wasn't it. It was something. Maybe Mark will remember. I should have written <laughs> it down. But I looked online about planting them, and it talked about scarifying them with the hydrochloric acid, co- 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 concentrated sulfuric sulfuric acid. But is there any way to do it? I'll just ask you. I won't tell no. you what they said. 
No. Okay, they they had a, an, an informal test. Uh-huh. Have you heard about other methods? Uh, it's always been uh, in the science fair. Yeah. Big kids. Yeah. They've all they've tried uh, different acids. Sandpaper and sandpaper. I've heard of sandpaper. Yeah. Now they were suggesting well, these are very small seats too. I wonder there was some pod. It was a pod you were getting them out of. What were we talking about that? I was with Joe maybe. Anyway, they you uh, get do a rolling boil of water. They said no, and you drop them in, and then you let them sit there for I think overnight, not boiling anymore. That sounds like mountain laurel. People oh, do I've, that with mountain laurel. Oh, it could have been. Uh, they were just yeah. This was, but, well, they're in pods too, but these were small seeds. Oh, okay. They're small, so that doesn't work as a scarification method no. in your experience. No. Okay. When we tested when when they tested it up in Dallas. Uh, the uh, soaking actually uh, decreased germination. Oh, really? Wow! Uh, I, I was. It was interesting. Yeah, the old timers used to say. Uh, well, there I spoke too soon. There's the queen. <laughs> oh, all right. The uh, the old timers used to say that uh, the white seed, the seed that when you collect a bunch of wild. Blue bonnet seed. You have whites. The color right. of the seed is white. Oh, okay. And uh, the seed or the, the flower. And then you have have some uh, dark seed. And the old the legend was, which was wrong, that uh, the white seed would germinate first, and the black seed would uh, or dark seed would germinate later if it germinated at all. Hmm. And when we did a, a controlled experiment with that, the opposite was true. Huh. Okay. So, uh, you know, I always say the first liar is gospel. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people wrote wildflower books that uh, oh, didn't that know a damn thing about wildflowers. Oh, okay. Well, I was just wondering, have you, you you've heard the boiling water scarification thing before? The what? The, the no, boil, boiling water. They Bo- did it as part you, of their experiments. Did you soak them in plain water or boiling water? Plain water. But you didn't. The water wasn't boiling. The, they uh, that is an old way that they used to do mountain laurel seed. Oh, really? Because they, they did s- talk about scratching them too. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't work. Okay. We uh, <laughs> we ran them through the. Scarification of that, the mechanical scarification, that's what right. you're talking about. Uh, at Douglas King Seed Company here and down, they've got a great big scarification machine that goes to the roof of their building. Hmm. And they put clover seed and, and small seed in that thing. Yeah. And uh, it comes out the bottom scratched. But when you put blue bonnets in there, it just cleans them. You know, takes the outside coating off. And if you get it deep enough to expose the inside to water, to moisture, you'll run the seed. You destroy it. Okay. Huh. Okay. And we did test that, by the way. And nothing was even close to acid scarification. Okay. Where do you get the concentrated sulfuric acid? 
the first asset I got, well, uh, we used to recommend to get it uh, for the homeowners. I don't recommend that homeowners use it. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, it's the something. swimming pool, used to, okay. people used to have sulfuric acid to uh, drop the pH of their pool. Oh, okay. And they just pour it in there. But uh, I got mine from uh, commercial growers. Because they use it to uh, acidify somewhat this alkaline water we have around. comes out of the aquifer. So the moral of the story is just buy transplants. (laughs) Yes, that's the safest way to do it. And you get the color you want. Except for white. (laughs) No white. No white. I learned my lesson. We were lucky that Trace held on to him here at Millburgers yeah. for as long as he did. They held up good. Yeah. But just nobody wanted to And they were the first ones, I think, that bloomed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember I brought some up here to the table. All right. you, did you plant one? Yeah. I had my whites bloomed. Okay. Yeah. I didn't save the seed, though. I should have. No. Well, maybe they'll come back next year in the garden. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. While we do, give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Trying to find me something better. On the streets of Bakersfield. You don't know me, but you don't like me. And you welcome back to Melbourne's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. Ann is on the line at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Hi there, Ann. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks. Very well, thank you. What's so going on? my quit my um we have a Bermuda grass either escape or hardscape or native, but there's one spot that we want in lawn in the winter. Yeah, and you're, you're so breaking now up a little with replacing. And breaking can you, up. Can you start a, yeah, you're breaking up. Can you start again? So tell us or maybe move to just kind of adjust, maybe kind maybe of... Maybe I'll move around. Is it better there if I go. move? <laughs> that sounds actually better. Let's see how that works. Great. Okay. So our Bermuda, it's just a little patch, 30 by... Uh, no, and... Oh, we didn't... So how, <laughs> you have Bermuda. how big is the patch? 30 by something. Yeah. Nope, we're losing Ann. And go in the bathroom <laughs> and put one foot in the bathroom. <laughs> and in the bathtub and keep the other foot outside the bathroom. That doesn't sound like anyway, it, it, it would help if you it would help if you took your shoes off. No, it doesn't sound like that at all. <laughs> it grounds it. In other no, words, it grounds it when you do the feet. Uh, let's try one more time, Ann. We'll, we'll figure this out. Are you in the bathroom? In my car? No, it's it's worse, Ann. <laughs> she hadn't done the bathtub yet. I no, think. I'm sorry, Ann. 
<laughs> Give us a call back in um, a few minutes. Oh, there we go. Okay. I will. One Thank more you. try. Okay. Is this Call's good? Back. Okay. Well, so, so standing far, it always in the starts bright. off good. <laughs> okay. So if I'm standing in the bright sunlight, does that help? Yeah, that's real uh, so good. So far, it sounds Get, okay. Okay, Bermuda Lawn, 30 foot by... Yeah, Bermuda Lawn, 30 by something. By 50. 30 by 50. This is good. We're doing good. <laughs> it didn't It didn't make it through the winter. Oh, Bermuda um, Lawn didn't make it through the winter? No, it's better than a doornail. The only green thing out there is weeds. So, did it, um, did it grow grow taller? Uh, did it grow no. any this spring? It's brown. It's brown. Yeah, but it hadn't I, it hadn't been hadn't grown any greened up any this winter, right? And it had it wasn't mold mold low or anything. Well, um, my husband mows it low in the spring um, to knock down the weeds. So he mows in mulches, or I mean in bags, the seeds of the weeds that are in the winter time. And then, you know, the sun get the seeds so they don't reach. But I don't, I wouldn't say that he necessarily scalped it. But we are, what we're exploring is that we've had quite a few. Uh, uh, Bermuda grass was slow to start, but it grew gangbusters for a while, and then people mowed it at a low height, <laughs> and and so just all you there is stems, no blades of grass. So mistakenly, uh, they determined that it was uh, dead when actually the roots were there, and it just had not uh, the, the mowing hadn't coordinated with the growth. So, is there any chance that that happened? It just is strange. Um, yeah. It's strange that the whole Bermuda, the whole Bermuda lawn would not would die. Well, I thought so too, and I assumed it was the freeze, um, which was historic. So Bermuda, when Bermuda I go out and come I up from, Bermuda should have come up from the ground after the freeze. Right, and it never, it, it, you know, I wasn't out there a lot because I had a screen was told to not go and work in the yard. But looking at it, there was some green areas, but when I actually go walk on the lawn, the green areas are um, nut grass and weeds. And the Bermuda looks like a little brown carpet with nothing green in it. Cut low. So the bottom line is it looks no good, and I don't want a no good lawn for another <laughs> nine months and hope it comes back. So I would like to replace it. And is there something better than Bermuda that's a good um, grandkid-friendly play-on-it lawn? We've, is we've full, done everything. Full sun? Yeah. Full sun. Full sun. No, Afternoon no. Little bit of yeah, shade in the afternoon. You're kind of going Maybe. in and out, but did you say you didn't want to be naked out on the lawn? Is that what you said? Yeah, I don't think she said that. <laughs> she didn't, uh, she's going in and out. It's hard for me to understand. I, said, I know. I heard the naked. I said, now, 
I said grandkid, not naked. Oh, grandkid friendly. A grandkid <laughs> lawn, not a naked lawn. <laughs> now you can you can uh, grow in full sun. You can grow any any of the grasses if you've uh, got access to the water. But I, I'm kind of thinking what? that you still have Santa, you still have Bermuda grass there. Can, have you, has anybody looked around the edge to just to verify that that San Augustine, I mean that Bermuda grass is, is not just the, it's not there. It's just that we've got we had that uh, lack of coordination between the stems and the blades. It's uh, it's been so common this, yeah. this spring that. May, well, you know, I, I what can, uh, all you'd have to do is uh, is just keep mowing it at the the height you mow Bermuda grass in within uh, three or four, maybe five weeks. You would have your lawn, your Bermuda grass lawn back. When was the last time it was mowed? Last week. Okay, and it's all brown. What's the recommended height? Okay. Inch and a half or less? Inch and a half. Okay. I will tell my husband that. But meanwhile, um, whatever it is, it's not doing well. And I'm, I'm thinking we just are going to come in and re or put artificial turf down in this area. So hmm. talk about the options of or whatever recommend that not yeah. well of course and compared to our it's a little, little hard to get uh, grass right now because of all the rain but uh, um, you know you could you could resada with Bermuda you could or seed it with Bermuda you could do uh, zoysia grass and you could do uh, San Augustine, and uh, and of course you could do artificial, but <laughs> no, that's strange. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's uh, a little uh, kind of a different management uh, situation. Yeah, Bermuda grass uh, is your toughest grass here, and especially uh, full sun. Yeah, especially in full sun, and uh, okay, and uh, I. Did, I would give it a couple of, like I was said, a couple of weeks, and see if it greens up. Did you? Do you get the the Express News? No. Okay, because we did we did in a in an article last Saturday we wrote about that situation with Bermuda grass. Uh, oh. A lot of folks are kind of faced with this. What we think is what you're describing, but, uh, you know, of course, it could be something different, too. Yeah. Uh, Neil right. Sperry uh, wrote a very similar question to your, or uh, got a similar question to your question was, why uh-huh. would the Bermuda grass in my backyard be as brown as it is in January? That's kind of yeah. like your situation. Yeah. Bermuda in the front yard looks normal, which means that it didn't freeze, and yours didn't either. St. Augustine in the backyard looks normal. Why the difference? Because you can mow, you you should mow St. Augustine higher 
if you mold them both the same height and the Bermuda was ex, uh, stretched from growth, uh, you would have this same situation. Yeah, it just looks like there's no grass. There's no yeah. grass left when nothing the, but the root, stems. The roots, the roots and stems are there, but there the, the, no grass blades. The uh, well, Neil, Neil, all Neil, brown. Neil answered. Uh, I've had reports of army worms in various parts of Texas already. They strip Bermuda grass of its green blades. This time of the year, they are over often active although yours may have already have run their course but uh, yeah. I don't I don't agree with that I think I, I think you got what Calvin is describing and I believe okay. if you will have patience like two or three weeks patient and quit going mm-hmm. out there naked on the lawn stop it uh, <laughs> you'll I think it'll come back. And save you, you a lot of so. money. Okay. Yeah. Well, it'll look good. It'll look good, too. Okay. And if I decide to put seed down to give it a little boost, when when would I do that? Anytime. What month? Anytime. As long as it's hot. Huh? Put seed down? Yeah, as long as it's hot. As yeah, long as right it's hot. Is, yeah, yeah, from May until. Uh, into September, into, into September. Now you okay, so I'll, uh, I'll you, you just can't throw it out there. Uh, you've got uh, evenly distributed. It's small seed. Some people mix it with sand. And uh, also water it in lieu of rain, what is that, two times a day till it sprouts? <laughs> For a short time, yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. take long. Then, then stop. You know, you you'll see the Bermuda grass seeds sprout. Okay. But if you, don't, if you just throw it out there and leave it alone, it's not going to grow. Okay. Okay. And need to, or just sprinkle it with at a okay. good rate. All right. Good luck. Keep us informed. Thanks, Ann. You're you're breaking right. up again, but I'm glad we got it to work. I told you to get right. that in that tub. No, barefooted. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know why. All right, we got about a minute left. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number, but you'll have to remember it for tomorrow uh, because there's not enough time to take your calls now. But. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? Don't forget, at the end of the month, go to MillburgerNursery.com now to find out about David Rodriguez is going to be here at the end of the month doing a class. Um, oh, I thought you meant two Saturdays. It's personal information. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the 28th, uh, so it's not next Saturday but the week after. And we got lots of toma- good-looking tomatoes Yeah, we here. sure do, don't we? And now's the time. Get them in. Yep. You notice I didn't ask that woman to send us any pictures of her naked on the line? I did that for you. I don't know what you heard. I think you have selective hearing (laughs) when it comes to that. We're going to say goodbye for today. Thanks to Al doing a great job. Uh, And, of course, thanks to you, as always, for listening. I'm Milton Glick. Uh, We will be back here tomorrow at 1604 on Boverde Road. And we see you then on 930 a.m. The Answer. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.